The Provoke Podcast, brought to you by Provoke Media and produced by the international broadcast specialist, Marketeers. Hello, welcome to the Echo Chamber. I am Diana Marzalek. I'm a senior reporter with Provoke Media. I have two guests with me here today. I have Virginia Messina, who is the managing director of the World Travel and Tourism Council, and Jennifer Risi, who is founder and president of the Sway Effect, um, which is the global and USA communications partners for the organization. So welcome to both of you. Thank you. Thanks, Diana. I appreciate you being here. I can imagine um, with all the tumult going on, particularly in the uh, travel and tourism world these days, um, how busy you both are. Virginia, I wonder if to just get us started for those of our listeners who are not familiar with your organization, if you could tell us briefly what you represent and who you represent and, and what your what your mission is. Absolutely, and thank you again, Diana. And so the World Travel and Tourism Council, WTTC, has been around for over 30 years, and we basically represent the global travel and tourism private sector. So we have about 200 members, so all the presidents and chief executives of the biggest um, companies across the whole um, sector. So from airlines, airports, hotels, all the way through to technology companies, GDSs, um, OTAs, and, and, and different platforms. So what we do um, for, for, for this um, past um, three decades, we've been um, measuring the economic impact of travel and tourism in 185 countries. So that's basically looking at um, at the, the figures for, for travel and tourism, for GDP and jobs, and all, obviously using all of that to advocate to government about the importance of, of the sector. And I was reading that there is, that, that travel and tourism represents 10%, is that correct, of the global GDP and one in 10 jobs? Yeah, so we actually just recently launched our, our latest economic impact report. So that's I'm um, looking at um, 2019 figures and, and exactly. So in, in 2019, the travel and tourism was 10.3% of, of, of GDP, of global GDP, and supported one in 10 jobs. But not only that, um, every, from one in every new jobs created across the planet, um, we're in our sector. So I think, I mean, as, as we know, that is quite significant. Quite significant indeed. And so I can't imagine, I mean, I know in this time of the um, coronavirus shutdown that, that every job is important and every sector is important, but you're talking about such an immense scope. So in terms of, of a sector being impacted, one, immediately, and two, of such great breadth, um, I can imagine that you have been a little overwhelming for your sector in the last, I mean, is there any way to quantitatively say what's happening or is it, um, what are you hearing from your members out there? Yes, of course. I mean, as you say, we're living unprecedented times and everyone's deeply concerned by the situation. I mean, we're obviously highly sensitive with the situation and, and concerned about the, the, the loss of life. And, 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 and we believe that health and obviously safety and well-being of everyone is, is paramount. But, but we're also very concerned about the economic crisis that this is, is, is going to, to be um, leading to. So we've, we've been looking at, at some numbers and we've doing, uh, we've been doing some, some calculations in terms of the impact. So about a couple of weeks ago, um, we released something that was basically um, saying that about a million jobs were impacted every day. Um, according uh, according to to our numbers and and also um, last week we, we released our latest um, economic impact estimate so globally we believe that about seventy five point two million jobs are going to be impacted 
in your sector, that's 75.2 million jobs in travel and tourism. Well, I mean, yes, but that's, um, so these are obviously total jobs that, so you, you think it's not, these are jobs that is like, if you think about the whole supply chain, right? I and mean, if you think about the, the, a job that then leads into jobs in perhaps other sectors. So we look at, at employment totally and um, looking at what um, obviously one job in travel and tourism then creates in across, across other industries as well. I imagine for an, so I, for an, for a, uh, an organization of your scope, um, that you're in terms of communication and Jen, this, this would be for you too, that in terms of communications at this point, you're both receiving an immense amount of communications from, from your membership who is looking for information, looking for resources and all that. And yet you must be trying to, to, to manage the communication somehow. You have your own challenges. You're trying to disseminate um, the information that's real versus not real. I mean, what can you tell me about the, the dialogue and then also the challenges you're facing right now? Sure. So there's a number of things we've been doing, obviously, since this um, crisis started and to, to be able to, to, to manage it. And we've obviously been talking very closely with our members, understanding what the impact is for them, but also understanding where is it that we can help. So, so our biggest um, effort has been um, with, with, I mean, obviously communicating and, and there's a number of things that we're doing to, to do that but um with governments i think what we were trying to do is put things into context that i mean we need to try to avoid as much as as we can that this global health crisis actually becomes a global economic crisis and and, and we we've been advocating with governments to try to get the right relief measures um for, for the sector because that's um really um needed at, at this point so um we we actually pulled together an open letter to governments where we were calling up for for basically financial help uh, um, to protect um, the, the, the salaries and the jobs of, of millions of people and their livelihoods, obviously, that depends on, on our sector, um, to get um, try to get um, interest-free um, loans for global travel and tourism companies. And this is not only talking about the bigger, I mean, both the bigger players, but also the SMEs. So they're all relevant here. And as I say, the domino effect in our sector because everything it, it, we just cross across so many different um small and, and medium um, suppliers and everything so it's just really important to to keep that in mind and also trying to get um well some some relieve it or, or waive some of the government taxes or due. so we've been really working to try to see where we can help or where governments need need to um, support our industry and we've obviously been pleased about some of the measures that have been announced i know in the us um obviously the bill was was recently signed and that was a very good first step that is going to help a lot of our members again bigger and small but also um, we're still looking at and we're looking at the, at the good examples trying to share those across to, to other um, countries and then trying to see where a bit more help is needed where how is it that that we can support our members so so that's i mean in in, in more general terms and i know jen, jen can add to that we we're also um we have um, two task forces in place. So we have a task force with industry organizations. So obviously WTTC is the only body that cuts across the whole sector, as I was saying. But we work in alignment with all the other industry bodies, like, for example, ACI for the airports and CLIA for the cruises, IATA, obviously, for the airlines, and also some of the big regional um, 
organizations such as the U.S. travel in the U.S. So we have an industry task force with all of them. PATA, for example, who represent um, Asia Pacific. And, and in this industry task force, we're trying to gather information. We're trying to, to be aligned because obviously public, I mean, collaboration is, is, is really critical at this time. And we're trying to make sure that we're all aligned and working um, uh, towards the, the same goal, hopefully, which is a, a recovery at, at some point. And then we also have a, a member task force which is with most of our members to hear again how things are in, in the different regions across the different industries and where the biggest challenges are. And Jen, how are you and handling this? That's not how we're handling it. I'm, I'm <laughs> sure handling it well, but um, I, I was just looking for your input on that. So you go right ahead. I mean, I, I would say that adding to all the all the stuff that Virginia just said, you know, what we're trying to do, because right now, as you can, as you can see, there's so much misinformation. There's so much happening minute by minute like like unlike we've ever seen before but there's a lot of confusion in the press and we also need to make sure that we're communicating accurate information we want to make sure that that reporters especially within travel and tourism understand the full magnitude of the jobs that are going to be impacted what this is going to mean to the sector how much the sector actually impacts the global economy and how much it is travel and tourism is 10 percent of global gdp i mean we're trying to put all of all of the information that we know and that we're hearing from the WTTC members are making sure that information is getting to the press so that, you know, the, there's a bigger story of folks understanding the impact and what's going on here within the proper context, as Virginia said. But, you know, on a daily basis, I'm literally sharing, you know, impact on jobs, impact on industry, just helping reporters understand just the full magnitude of what's going on. You have travel journalists covering this, but now you also have this is an economic issue. So we're educating economic reporters on the travel and tourism industry. And so we're doing a mix of getting Gloria Guevara, their CEO, on TV pretty much every week, in addition to being in pretty much every major outlet around the world. So it's about just being in, of informing and making sure that the right information is to the right people, as well as the accurate information is to the right people. Well, journalists too are sort of under siege now and there's such a barrage of information, so much information and so many affected sectors and people and agencies and countries. So how do you cut through that to get your message across? I think a lot of it comes down to, you know, the relationships that you created in good times. I mean, I think that, you know, we've had these working relationships with these key journalists for a lot of years. I mean, I think you know that I worked with Gloria in Virginia during the times of Mexico uh, when, when she was, when Gloria was Minister of Tourism. So we've had these relationships in place for a long time. So journalists are looking for trusted sources and trusted PR people that are also going to give them the right information. Because as you said, I had someone from the Washington Post tell me they're getting now 50 pitches every half an hour of information coming at them. And they're trying to make heads or tails of what's accurate and what's not. And I think it comes down to relationships you build when there's not a crisis that you're going to have to use um, and times like this to make sure you, you help to break through because, you know, we are partnering with the right groups in the right uh, countries. Like I'm working very closely with, with USTA in the United States and we're doing all of the right things, but it also comes down to knowing all the right people you need to get your message to. And I think that Virginia and the team have done a really good job of assembling a solid communications team around the world that has the network and relationships and get the message out. And I imagine I don't, I, there's the advantage of the size of your organization and the sector, I imagine, in reaching people. People want to hear about travel and the impact on tourism because this is national GDPs for countries around the world, right? And major, major corporations and, and the, just the size and breadth of what you're dealing with. Ag ag yeah, agreed. 
Yeah, go ahead. Just one thing to add is, I mean, I, I agreed, but I think what's what's happened is I'm, what I'm hearing from journalists unlike I've ever heard before is they'll call me and say, is this accurate? Because the numbers don't add up. Someone's giving them this number. Someone's giving them this job number versus this job number versus impact number. Some of the time it's accurate. Some of the time it's not. And they're looking to WTTC to be that voice to kind of like interpret what's actually the, the real story so they can actually provide the right information to their stakeholders. Sorry, what about you providing information to your members? So tell me about that. How are you helping them? How are you providing them the information they need? They must have their own crisis communications or internal yeah. communications they have to do. How are, what kind of assistance or aid or interaction are you having with them on that? Yeah, I mean, as I said, I mean, WTTC has been around for 30 years, right? And we have been the voice of the industry. And that's why people do refer to us and do look at what... Um, we're saying and all of our data is done um, in conjunction with, with Oxford Economics. So it has, obviously, um, the, the numbers are, are very solid. In terms of communicating to our members, I mean, we basically communicate, I mean, we share information with them on a weekly basis in terms of everything we find out. So from obviously the latest figures and, and advice from the World Health Organization, because I mean, another important thing to highlight is that actually crisis preparedness management and recovery has been one of WTTC's strategic priorities for nearly three years. Um, so this was one of the issues that our board um, um, uh, decided it, it should, I mean, it should, we should focus on and we should be, I mean, we have a, a very important work stream on these even before this happened. So a couple of years ago, we were working in the Caribbean and, and to find relief for, for, for all the islands after hurricanes, um, Irma and Maria. So it's been, it's been looking at um, the resilience of the sector and we actually um, launched a report last November that we can share with you about looking at different types of crisis and how travel and tourism has become more resilient, right? So, so we are um, constantly sharing. So, so since then, um, pandemics and outbreaks was one of the crises, obviously, that we were looking at. And we already had a work stream with the World Health Organization. We were having, say, monthly calls. We actually had a really good speaker from WHO in our summit in Buenos Aires in 2018, calling for more investment in this area. I mean, it, it was it's really interesting because if you look at, at the sorts of things he said, and that's why for, for WHO, travel and tourism is such a critical sector because they knew that if there was a risk of an outbreak, obviously, I mean, travel was going to be a, a significant, whether it's on, on the spread, but also in the containment. So I think and that's why we've been working with them. And, and we've been, we're constantly sharing all the information with our members, either from what we hear from WHO, but also what we're le learning from governments in terms of, of all the relief, but also um, recently even to, to try to bring people back to their home countries. We've been working with them. Um, some of, of the tour operators that have been doing um, big efforts to get people um, basically back to, to, to their home. So it's, it's a big effort and it's obviously, as, as Jen said, we need to make sure that the information is accurate and that's why, I mean, all of our teams are constantly in touch with either our members and, and governments to just make sure that we, we have the, the right information and that that is um, shared accordingly. And, and who are the more vulnerable members of your segment to this? I mean, I know that there's the big airlines, and of course, these are immense corporations, so the, this is the trickle-down effect of everybody who works for them, but the airlines, the big hotel corporations, but then they're just kind of the, um, you know, I picture the, the resort towns that are, are supported by local restaurants or the people on the beach who, 
you know, rent kayaks or whatever it is. I mean, this really is, does have a trickle down effect and those people don't have the same resources or the same avenues, I imagine. Precisely. That's why we talk about this domino effect, right? Because, and that's why, I mean, our message has been that we, that big and small players need to be, need to be um, supported because, I mean, we've always talked that SMEs are the, the backbone of the industry because that's true. All the, all the different, um, um, businesses like what you just described are really critical for our sector and they are what make up, up travel and tourism but also then if you think about a big corporation and the supply chain that that is impacted if, if one of those corporations suffers it's just huge so really everyone at the moment is, is suffering i mean i know people tend to talk more about airlines but also i mean hotels we know are have been closed cruise lines have been um have stopped operations for months since um since maybe a month or more ago so like literally zero um cruise line activity which also brings billions to, to, to the economy so if you think I mean about the whole domino effect of, of one of those big companies and what that then means to the entire chain is just huge and so where do we go from here I know that you have had I mean we're in crisis mode you might not even be able to think about that yet I mean these are day-to-day -day events um, and changing um, is there some overarching message that you are either developing have will have um, you know that's that's going to be sort of the the banner, um, the motivator in all of this to get, to guide your communications and to help the industry ultimately recover? So, I mean, as I said, part of our message has been how resilient travel and tourism is, right? We have learned from the past decade, actually, that that we recover fastly um, from crisis every every time. So, we, or a report that I was talking about earlier um, looked at how and um, for example, over just over 10 years ago, it took about two years for travel um, to pick up after a crisis. And then recently, it's e actually been even less than a year, less than 10 months. So we really hope that um, once things are slightly um, going back to normal, that the sector will start picking up. Now, uh, uh, the reality is that this has been a huge shock across all the different economies and, and everyone thinks that that the world we live in is going to be different after this and, and, and that's obviously going to have an impact in, in travel. I mean if you think about 9-11 and how that changed the way we travel and this is probably going to be similar. I think travel is going to change and travelers are going to change and the preferences are going to change too and I think um, and we, we, we will all need to adapt so we do hope there will be a recovery but we're obviously looking at how and, and starting to think how will that look like. Okay, I appreciate it. I appreciate your efforts and the help you're giving to so many people right now. And we'll certainly want to keep track of, of those efforts and how they change and how you keep in touch with the industry. And I wish you luck with all of that um, until mm -hmm. we talk again. So both of you, I appreciate your time and um, we will check in and, and see where this goes from here. Great, thank Thanks, you, Diana. thank you, Diana. Okay, thank you, take care. You've been listening to the Provoke podcast, brought to you by Provoke Media and produced by the international broadcast specialist, Marketeers.